Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast. I'm here with Pastor David, Pastor Bob. My name is Liz, and we are continuing our discussion on the fivefold ministry. And today we're going to talk about pastors. Pastors. Ready for this? They're in there, huh? They are. They're part of the fivefold ministry. You sure yeah. it's not sixfold? Mm-hmm. What would the sixth one be? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, pastors. So we uh, let's start with the word. That's a good place to start, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a good place to start. It is. It is. Yeah. So scripturally, what do the scriptures say about pastors or not say? Which is an interesting Nothing. thing also. Nothing. <laughs> They're not in there at all. <laughs> Very little. We just made it up. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I mean, Jesus says that he's the good shepherd. So you can look at a lot of how Jesus cared for people and say that's uh, some guidelines for a pastor. Um, but one verse I was just going to share at some point, I guess I'll start off by sharing it, is in First Peter 5. And he's talking to elders, but he's instructing them on how to shepherd which we know the word pastor is related to the word shepherd. Um, and what he says is to shepherd the flock of God that is among you. This is 1 Peter 5.2. Uh, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And then he says something great if you're a pastor, as he says, if you're able to do that, if you're able to finish the race and endure care for people, you will receive an unfading crown of glory, which I don't really know what that's going to be, but there's a big reward. Sounds pretty good. It sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. That's a pretty high Um, bar. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You can be a faithful pastor, (laughs) which is not not easy to be, and you can finish the race. There is a a huge reward for that. Um, So that was something I wanted to share about the heart, sort of the heart of a pastor, Mm -hmm. Um, not domineering, not having to like control everything, but being there to eagerly, willingly shepherd, feed people. So yeah. that, that's you mean it not thought. be a glory hog, right? Yeah, that's a rough not. one. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, you think he really there. meant all that, Pastor David? Peter? Yeah, yeah, probably. Peter's because he, he walked with the he walked with the great shepherd. Yeah, so he knew a little something about how Jesus did it, and he was saying, you know, we we need to imitate him. If we call ourselves leaders, we call ourselves pastors. We need to look like the greatest pastor, the yeah. Lord. Right? So I actually believe that all uh, pastors are supposed to be shepherds. Yeah. But not all shepherds have the title of pastor. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's fine. I just think that a lot of times people confuse the two. Can you explain that a little bit more? Uh, probably not really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually believe that uh, in terms of shepherd, because that most of, obviously, in the Bible, there's one or two verses that actually use the word pastor, depending mm-hmm. on what translation you're looking mm-hmm. at, for that matter. Right. So most of it comes from shepherding or you know overseer or... Uh, you know, elder or one of those uh, terms, which we attribute to a pastor because of their context, right? Because sure. they are, these are people actually leading either a, a congregation or a whole area in, mm-hmm. you know, someplace in the, in the world. And so I believe that um, a shepherd is uh, something that's a, an assignment to everybody, not just pastors, mm-hmm. but everybody is actually assigned to shepherd people in your life, yeah. right? Without right. the title of pastor. Right. And so if you need the title uh, to be a shepherd, I actually don't think you're, or believe that you're qualified to be a pastor. Mm. Because I believe if you don't first shepherd, that's the, that's the sign. That's what, that's, that's the, uh, the fruit of what a pastor really is. Mm. What, well, 
what both Peter and Paul and Jesus, what he, what they all were actually pointing toward in terms yeah. of what a she- what a pastor really is. Yeah. So we're talking about this term uh, shepherding, right? Which is pastor, pastoral, pasture, mm-hmm. right? There, it's associated with sheep and with shepherding, right? Yeah. And so we, in modern Christianity, talk about shepherding as this way of like caring for people and tending to them, right? Really referring back to an actual shepherd, right? Who took care of, mm-hmm. <laughs> who took care of sheep yeah. and what they did for them. And they, um, they led them, they protected them, they took care of them. They, um, if they were, you know, had a sickness or something, they would tend to them, Right. That's kind of, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about shepherding. Absolutely. Right. So that's a good, like natural example of what does it mean to shepherd someone? Well, look at how someone takes care of their sheep, right? Their mm-hmm. flock. And that's, I think a lot of times we refer to a church or a group of people as a flock. Interesting terms in Christianity, but it really does help kind of give a picture mm-hmm. of what shepherding is. Now you're making the distinction between a shepherd and a pastor, a pastor being part of the, an office, right? An office mm-hmm. of the fivefold ministry. Um, and as we talked about with all of the other offices, their function is actually to build in the people hearts of shepherds, yeah. right. right? That's exactly. what, so that they're, so that each person can fulfill their mandate to shepherd other people yes. and to care for them. So the pastor isn't the only one that, cares for people in the church. I know. Shocker, huh? Pastors. And this, there's what? a lot of misconceptions <laughs> about pastors, which we'll, mm-hmm. I think we'll hit on quite a few of them today, mm-hmm. but one or of them create being, a couple of new ones, <laughs> <laughs> but one of them being the it's the pastor's job to care for everybody Yeah, and they care for me. And that's all, that's the relationship. You know, I receive from them and they give to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's, which, a, that's a horrible relationship to set up with anybody actually, when you think about it. And I think, some of that comes from the uh, a general thinking that a pastor is not part of the flock. Uh, he's above the flock, right? He, no, he, that, exactly. <laughs> he's overseeing that. them. Right. He brings. Now, just okay. because implied, with, and not just implied, but actually spoken by Jesus about feeding, tending, which mm-hmm. is a really uh, sweet word, actually, when you mm-hmm. think about it. When you tend to somebody, you, there's that care, which are all wonderful attributes of a pastor. But um, that that's not where it's, it's got to be more than that. And yeah. you have to, I mean, you have to understand that a pastor actually is in, they're in the church. They're part of the church and they have a function in the church. Mm-hmm. They also have a title, mm-hmm. um, a position, if you will, uh, an assignment from God. They have, uh, you know, an anointing on their life that's particular to them. Yeah. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But they, I think where we forget is that they're people too and, they have needs and they're part of the church. Yeah. And that's why people a lot of times approach a pastor like I'm coming, like you said, I'm coming to get something from you. I come to church so you can uh, give me something. You can feed me. You can uh, entertain me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Y- you can sometimes care for me, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But if you, if it's all one direction, then what is that? I mean, look yeah. at the good shepherd, Jesus. So he came to give his life. Right for the for the church, but people ministered to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They right. cared for his life. Right. Mm-hmm. There were women who cared uh, financially for him. Uh, there were men around him that helped and you know cared for his life. He had a treasurer. He had a, yes, <laughs> he <laughs> did. Didn't work out good <laughs> with that treasurer. <laughs> oh, treasurer didn't work out well for him. 
yeah. But uh, but but seriously, the um, you know when when you go into a relationship and you look at it just one way, it's it's pretty lopsided, and mm-hmm. I think you don't get everything out of the relationship because you're not bringing everything into the relationship. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so. Well, and we see a lot of um, people who are in the pastor, especially the lead pastor position, they end up just getting totally burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are expected to do everything. They're expected to do everything in the church, mm-hmm. all the administration, tend to all of the needs, take care of the buildings. Like they're, they're it. And it's like modern Christianity has set up this structure where the pastor is supposed to provide all of the needs. Actually, I think what they've set up is a uh, guaranteed failure yeah. <laughs> almost for most is, because a lot right. of pastors do fail. So many and so mm-hmm. many churches fail because the pastor fails. And there are other issues why they fail. Mm-hmm. It's not just simply that, but yeah. that is a component of yeah. it. Uh, you know, I think more of the issues where pastors fail or churches fail have more to do with character situations. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that character situation is oppressed on by the pressure of what they all have to do. And it's unfair to them Mm -hmm. to have to do everything Mm -hmm. there. It's Mm -hmm. just not. And and they feel that responsibility. Everybody's looking toward them. You know, they have to bring everything and they, you know, they can get pretty stressed over that. And Mm -hmm. if they have a shepherd's heart and a pastor's heart, it's really easy to take on all that stuff because you feel responsible for everything. Yeah. I mean, you feel right. responsible for people. And meanwhile, you know, um, you know, God wants you to have that responsibility, that buy-in, that connection, that relationship. Yeah. And yet he wants you to also be able to uh, delegate and stay in your lane and do what you do really well and be able to bring and tend and train up people around you to do their thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the failure comes not just from the pressure, but from the isolation, like you're talking mm, about. And sounds good. many pastors have no friends; they're very lonely. All they do is give. They're they're in a place where um, they they have distanced themselves from people knowing them and knowing mm-hmm. them as a human being with flaws. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we can do to take care of our pastors is to reach out to them and mm-hmm. to actually get to know them as human beings um, and give them a place where they can share. They're not going to share every bloody detail of their lives. And they probably shouldn't be sharing that with the rank and file people, but people that they can trust and people that can pour into their lives, they need to seek out those relationships. And when I, when I first wanted to become a pastor, I thought when you're a pastor, you really will be able to give to everyone and you will be at a place where God helps you so much that you don't really need people pouring into you anymore because you're the leader. Um, and I had to change my thinking completely and seek out mentors and seek out accountability and seek out friends just on a really simple level, people to play sports with people to go to the movies with, like you have to establish that in your heart and your life. If you're a pastor, uh, for the sake of your longevity, I think you're actually speaking, uh, prophetically and inspirationally by Holy spirit to people out there who either aspire someday, like they feel like maybe they have a calling or maybe they do have a calling to be a pastor, or maybe there's a pastor out there that's actually listening Mm -hmm. and, uh, that, you know, there's, there's ways to maintain your life. And, uh, I think, uh, pastor David, you, you really hit on something that's, uh, really essential. And that is for pastors to have friends. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and there's, you know, mentor relationships, there are apostolic coverings that happen for pastors. There's, Mm -hmm. those are things that are essential also in, in how church runs and the business of church and the uh, structure of church. 
but there's also friends. Mm-hmm. There's also close people. Like, I mean, we see Jesus once again, the good shepherd. And he had, I think he had some really close friends of the 12. Yeah. I think there were some that were a lot closer to him. And you can see it because he's so open with them. Yeah. Right. There's an, a give and take. And some of them, even though sometimes, uh, <laughs> much to his his uh, shock and awe, it's just like they will say things to him that nobody else will. You know, they'll be like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Somebody go talk to the old man about right. this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. you know, but it's but the reality is they must have been that close after a few years that they you know that they felt like you know, like he must have uh, brought them into that place in the, in his life into re- relationally. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think when you stop when you take Jesus out of the uh, uh, definition of a pastor, then you really miss strategic components that will actually help a pastor succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask a question. How do we as people, as congregation members, as fellow ministers, how do we care for our pastors and how do we help them succeed? Because we can, I mean, the congregation can um, either I'll just put it bluntly, like you can abuse your pastor mm-hmm. actually just by not caring for them, by always expecting certain things. I mean, everyone has expectations of the pastor um, and some are just completely unreasonable. Um, and some are just, it's so constant. The demand can be there. How do we care for our pastors and how do we actually help them to succeed in God's calling for their lives? You want me to try that yeah, one? Or try you want to, yeah, <laughs> so I'll, I'll listen. Uh, yes, listen, listen, listen and learn. Right? Now. <laughs> I'll listen to. Um, I believe that um, how to help them succeed is an interesting thing and care for their life because um, there's a false narrative I believe that's set up around a lot of pastoral um, ministries, and that is some of what we've just been talking about. That they are the all in all and they supply everything. Mm-hmm. So if you have that as a premise, then people don't approach you, like right? Because right? you have it mm-hmm. all. And they, uh, the premise also is that you know they uh, they're unapproachable in mm-hmm. some ways unless I have a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they're. Um, um, I really can't ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then part of the false premise is from a pastor's side. They will feel compelled for most pe- with most people to give them a really nice, shiny, great. I'm doing just great. Praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord, brother. How you <laughs> Good do, to how see you today? Yeah, how you do it? You know, right? There's that kind right. of thing, right. and that's why going back to like the friendship part, because like Pastor David just said, uh, I think it's unwise for a pastor to completely unload on everybody, everything that is, you know, discretion will preserve you. It'll not just preserve your, your life, but it'll preserve your soul and who you are. Um, but you, if you don't have that outlet with certain, with people who you trust and can be trusted. And if you don't invite them into a place of transparency, like you can speak to me on any level you like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know here, you know, here I am a pastor in this, in our church, and um, I immediately have invited my pastors that are, you know, I report to, mm-hmm. and, you know, to speak into my life and the people I work with 
Mm-hmm. You guys know, you've heard, hey, if you see something, here's something, you know, I want you to be the first one. So to open up that transparency mm-hmm. and that, um, uh, you know, way in that entrance, that's the first part of it. Because without that, everybody's like a little worried around you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to ask some weird question and I don't want to offend them. And mm-hmm. and then the pastor's sitting there thinking, oh, I got to give them the perfect, mm-hmm. you know, answer all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right. Like Absolutely. if I don't have a, and if it's not a really cool scriptural answer, now I'm really bad off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, just some keys for mm-hmm. success that, that came to my mind was um, pay him at least $200,000 a year plus yes. six months vacation. Uh, that's what I yes. would love. I'm just what about kidding, the jet? Yeah, private what, jet. No, no yeah, jet. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously that's um, pastors aren't in it for the money. They're in it to, to serve and love if that's, if they have a good heart. But um, the Apostle Paul did say that if you're receiving spiritual things from someone to provide physical things, and that doesn't have to be money. That could be your time. It could be your attention. It could be doing something fun with them. It could be inviting them over, right? To, to think about their life and how you can be a benefit to them because you are receiving something from them. Mm-hmm. And it does come at a cost. It does come at a certain, um, you know, Pastor Bob mentioned the pressure that, you know, pastors can feel. Make sure you pray over them. That's not an insignificant mm-hmm. thing. That's mm-hmm. incredibly important. I can definitely tell the difference if people are praying for me in a focused way. Yeah. I can tell the difference in my family, in my attitude, in the fruit of the ministry that I'm doing. Um, if I see a great week of ministry, usually a little old lady at church will come up and say, I've really been praying for you this week. <laughs> and I'll say, I really felt that this week, and I'm not lying about that. That's mm-hmm. generally what happens mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. Um, so pray for your pastors. Care for their lives. Um, yeah, ask them how they're doing. Um, <laughs> I was like, everything you said was, was really good. Um, well also, so, you know, yeah. don't you just love it when the first time someone wants to engage you, you know, that you might just be getting to know, they, they come to fix you. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like, you know, pastor, yes. let me help you. Yes. <laughs> let me, let me, let me open up and expound mm-hmm. to you out of the word of what you know, it really is saying in that message you preached and who you really should be. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is no way to start a friendship with somebody. Okay. It's just not, you know. Well, it's and, a way. It, it's, well, not, it's not a good not way. A good it's, way. It's, it is it's, a way. It's, it's doomed for failure. <laughs> and I think people forget that. Like, yeah. no, there's there's a, a way. Of, I mean, you wouldn't do that with just any. Well, maybe some people would do that with they just might. anybody. You do yeah, that yeah. to somebody that's there to serve you at the department store. Or right. At the, the restaurant. The restaurant. You know, that you right. don't really want to have a future continuing relationship with. Yeah. Um, I think what you're saying, David, is so key about um, praying, like praying for your pastor. That is, I think it's something that we maybe talk about, but it's so essential. It's so critical for someone who is in the, is in the role of caring for so many people, um, and do, and will tend to do it like a true pastor will tend to do it at the detriment of themselves. They give their life for the sheep, right? That's their heart, Mm -hmm. but praying for them, um, praying for for their physical strength, praying for their mental strength, praying for healing for their hearts because they get, damaged a lot in the process they get hurt you know dealing with people they pour into who don't um reciprocate the same care to them Mm -hmm. um but and also being people that encourage our pastors i think i think one of the main um things we forget about pastors is they are people Mm -hmm. they are just people who chose to give their life for the lord and for the church and they need to be encouraged they, they need that. Like it's not just a, an optional thing. It's actually something that's essential, just like it is for you and for me. 
we need to have people that tell us every now and then, Hey, thank you for what you're doing. Thank your pastor. Yeah. (laughs) You know, for what they're doing, because I guarantee you, even if they're getting a salary, it's not what they're worth. (laughs) Well, also prayer more than I'm worth. Yeah. (laughs) For most pastors, it's less. Yes. Also prayer, like all forms of communication, Mm -hmm. I believe, especially prayer opens up intimacy between people. Mm. It really, it's, it's the, it's like the, the, the bedrock. It's the foundation of how intimacy is actually formed. And so when you're, when you start really truly praying for somebody and God starts to show you his heart toward that person, you now that, that care for them, that intimacy, that level of intimacy where you're like looking at their life and going, Oh wow, they've got, they got needs also. And they're and they're doing it, mm-hmm. and they're still right. like going, and that's like mm-hmm. a tremendous, you know, it's, it can be, it should be an inspiration for the rest of the flock of God, mm-hmm. and it's part of their anointing. It's part mm-hmm. of who they are, right? They're, they, you know, they have to be the ever ready bunny all the time, you know. <laughs> it's like yeah. the Energizer Bunny the is energizer, what he means. Yeah. Well, yeah, that guy too. One of those. Uh, yeah. The Duracell bunny. <laughs> is there a Duracell bunny? Yeah. The one that just keeps on Tesla going. Bunny. Right? The, the Tesla um, bunny, yes. What you're saying is important about you mm-hmm. know the busyness that can come in for pastors like when everything is asked for them. Mm-hmm. That's one way to ensure a pastor's success is to make it okay for them to have enough time to hear from God. Yeah. To have enough time to spend time with the Lord. Because then you're going to have a man of God or a woman of God that's your pastor. Mm-hmm. You can go to them and... They will have had time to pray over you and to get counsel for you. Mm -hmm. They will have had time to develop a message. They will have had time to pour out their own troubles before the Lord. But if a pastor is demanded to do three jobs instead of one job, Mm -hmm. uh, they're not going to have much time to do that. And that's the emphasis of their ministry is going to become physical and worldly rather than spiritual. And is there a physical side to pastoring? Absolutely. Probably the number one thing a pastor does is move chairs. You know, that's it is a stack the chairs. Um, if you want to be a, a pastor, start stacking chairs. That's probably the number one thing you need <laughs> nice. to do. Um, but there's, there's such a spiritual component that if they don't have time for that, they're not going to yeah. have a recipe for success there. So what you're saying is one of the main ways you can help your pastor is actually by engaging with the church and doing your part. Right. To free yeah. them so they don't have to yeah, do everything. Right? right. I mean, that's how the body mm-hmm. should function. It's not just one piece that's, yeah. you know, doing all the work and the rest body is just <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> you know, you're, doing, each, you're doing very well. <laughs> each part has to contribute um, yeah. in order for the body to function well. And that's so countercultural to the, I just come to church to receive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're Absolutely. supposed to actually yeah. come to contribute, yeah. um, which yeah. I know is, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot mm-hmm. around here with disciples, right? right? That's right. the role of a disciple is you actually pick up the mission like it's your mission yeah. and Absolutely. Yeah. and carry it along. Yeah, it's interesting to me because uh, you know Paul, as a pastor and as an apostle, well, as pastorally, when he's speaking into churches, it's funny because he he he's got this dichotomy going. He's sometimes speaking about glorious things in God, like spectacular, you know, mm-hmm. third heaven, whatever that is, <laughs> and then he's talking about their lives and like issues, very practical. (laughs) Like both of those are happening simultaneously. Matter of fact, there might be more going on with their practical in some ways. And you're like, how is this guy doing this? Like, why, why is he doing this? Shouldn't he just Mm -hmm. be talking about God and his glory? And meanwhile, he's like, no, you know, when you come together, do it this way. When you're, you know, this is how you should treat each other. Stop getting drunk at communion. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Stop that. Don't do that ever. But, but there's a, a component of that that's, uh, you know, that we have to learn 
from a pastor. Like I said, I believe that most of the pastoring part of pastoring, of being a pastor, is demonstrated in the Bible a lot by how people wrote and spoke about to other churches more than like, this is what the church, this is what a pastor does. Mm. Right. These are the 14 mm. functions of a pastor. <laughs> right. You know, it's no, it's more like this is how they operated. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be cognizant of that and start taking note of how they actually operated, what their cares were, um, how they were willing to speak into people's lives, even when it hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and one other thing, just talking about relationships with pastors, mm-hmm. like I said, if if the everything is built on you have a need or a problem mm-hmm. when you come to them all the time, I'm going to tell you from as a pastor, it's very interesting because you're there's no relationship there; it's just drawing from you. There's no there's no uh, bringing to you, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a, it can be, I think for some pastors, it can be very disheartening, especially if you're spending a lot of time with the person and counseling the person. And then it's like, we're back at that place again, right. you know, and you know, as a pastor, you know, the delivering power of God, you know, the power of the word of God and his counsel and how it can reach in and change someone's life. And meanwhile, there, here we are again with this, it can be very discouraging. Well, mm-hmm. what you're saying, I mean, you can become the substitute for God for people. Yeah. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that a pastor needs to learn is you're, you're, leading, the sheep. <laughs> you're leading the sheep to the water. You're not the water. Yeah. You know, you're not the living water. Yeah. So you need to, you know, as a pastor, one of the healthiest things you can do is incorporate into your counseling. Hey, you have this problem. Have you prayed about it? Have you asked God about <laughs> it? What's the Bible verse the Lord showed you about that? Yeah. Let's meet again, like giving some homework, like teaching people to, to seek the Lord. Then you're doing what you need to do as a shepherd, leading them to the great shepherd. You're not taking that position of, oh, I'm primarily a therapist. I have all your answers. I have all the training. I have, you do therapy, like you do counseling, you do love, you do prayer, you do healing, inner healing, deliverance. That's, that's what you do as a pastor. But the main thing you're trying to do is lead the sheep to where they can eat and where they can drink. Yeah. So a question I have, um, there's a lot of misconceptions. We're talking about misconceptions of what a pastor is, all of that. Um, I have a question. How do you identify a true fivefold pastor? Cause we know a lot of people are called to shepherd, mm-hmm. right? And that's, it's, there's a lot of people who are very caring, mm-hmm. very attentive to people and you know, all that kind of thing. But how do you, how do you identify a fivefold pastor? All these tough questions. I know. Huh? I know. <laughs> wow. They make everybody call them pastor. <laughs> <laughs> they went to seminary and they yeah, graduated. Yeah, yeah. They, have, they have a pastor T-shirt. <laughs> they're very important. They're very, yeah, they're very smart. They're very important. <laughs> yes. Um, well, it's obviously at our church because I'm the one that wears a tie. Not anymore. You lost your pastor uh, title. Yeah, right, yeah, my mantle of pastoring. <laughs> you know, wear, just wear a tie, Liz, and you'll be a pastor. There yeah, you exactly. go. <laughs> I mean, we make jokes, but I mean, what that gets to is the idea that it's the heart that the person has. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's what is the measure of a fivefold pastor. It's not what's on the outside, although it you know it flows out to the outside. But who the person is at their heart. Um, but I wanted to throw that at Pastor Bob. I wanted to ask him how hard. What, what <laughs> is this is a like, curveball? Because you've been a pastor for a while, and you've yeah, you've act- you haven't quit. You haven't burned out. You've you've stayed with it somehow. Yeah, they try to kick um, you out now and then. What, but that's all. <laughs> what's been your core as a, as a pastor? What's the core of your heart when you look at people? How do you see them in your pastoral anointing? Well, um, 
I actually see them whole and uh, equipped and functioning. Like that's when I see them through the eyes of the Lord, that's how I see him. When I three, see him through my fleshly eyes, that's not good, right? Yeah. Because there's, you know, because you're seeing issues and you're, and how I think one of the key things with the pastor is how you keep your heart so that you're understanding that you're dealing with God's people. These are, these are not your people. These are God's people. This is God's church and how you uh, uh, care for them. Uh, I actually believe it it starts to work on your heart. Uh, you know, I mean, I know people have, you know, pastor's heart and their shepherd's heart. And they're, you know, it's it's something God puts in them right when they're born. I know they, that it develops, if you will, or it emerges, whatever you want. I don't think you go to school to get a pastor's heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think you learn how to operate as a pastor and a shepherd mm-hmm. and all those things. But uh, as far as that heart's concerned, the question is, will you spend the time with Jesus and with the people to actually apprehend that heart and actually make it part of who you are and, and, uh, and hold on to it at any cost because pastoring now here's all the people that want to be a pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastoring is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost it. Uh, we, you know, like I said, unfortunately in a lot of church, you see, uh, the pastors up on the stage and they're, you know, bright lights and glamour and they have all the stuff and everybody wants to be that, you know, we've idolized Mm -hmm. the pastor. And meanwhile, they are really supposed to be an anointing in the church. They're supposed to be a place that is a fountain in many ways. And it's caring, it's loving, it's fathering. It's, um, you know, being a, a true mother, you know, but, um, we've turned it into something else that, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, we've idolized it and put it there. And um, w- then sometimes pastors start to operate in that because that's what they're being told a lot of. But I think the key thing for a pastor, like I said, I want to get back to it, is really focusing on uh, the Lord and how he views his church, like what he actually thinks about his church and about the people in his church. And that's the part I know just personally, um, you know, where um, there are times when I weep over our people because, you know, I see them, how God's, you know, you get a snapshot of God, how God sees a person. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, very humbling that God would entrust that person into your sphere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and what little bit you can contribute to help, you know, move them along the way, 90%, 99% is, Jesus, right. and you get to do your one part, your one percent. Hopefully, you don't screw up the one percent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, right. there's real things, but those are real heart issues. Those are not, um, uh, you know, I, there's, I know some of my notes I wrote, you know, not all preachers are pastors. Right. Right. You know, they're just not. And not all and pastors are preachers. And not all pastors mm-hmm. are preachers. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that, and so, but when they are, now the, the kick is this. If they're your pastor, assigned by God, mm-hmm. but they're not really a preacher, mm-hmm. like the way you like to hear mm-hmm. preaching, will you still invite them into the place where they're your pastor? Right. That's or will you question. disqualify them? Yeah, that's it's, a good that's a good question because yeah. many people actually decide 
who they're going to let pastor them right. based on if they like their preaching style. That's why I believe a lot of, by the way, a lot of this, because we're talking about the fivefold ministry, right? So let's take a big look at this. The fivefold ministry um, for the equipping of the saints, mm-hmm. for the building of the church, the body of Christ. Right. You know, it's, so, so it comes into its maturity and flourishing, both local church and, you know, corporate church. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, What's at stake there and what's being pressured now is, I believe, you know, especially with communications being the way they are and, you know, people being able to get online. And I think a lot of people have a church that or a pastor that's a really good preacher someplace, but he's not really their pastor. Right. They just say, well, that's my pastor. See, right. I go to that church. You know, I throw I throw a buck or two toward them every now and then, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then. That's my church. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're not integrated into that church. So the pastor, like all fivefold, has everything to do with church and the right. building of the church and where his glory will be revealed and, and manifested has a lot less to do with little individual components of the church. It's the corporate church that's yeah. come together. And so here you go. You have you know uh, people, I believe, which I think is a real downfall of the church right now, mm-hmm. uh, is that people have preachers that they really like because they're really good speakers. Yeah. And they don't know them yeah. personally. They're not watching over their mm-hmm. souls. And I just think about a sheep that has no shepherd. Right. What happens when the wolf comes? Right. Oh, well, my my shepherd is in England. Well, that right. doesn't do me any good in California. No. Nah. No one's there to fight off the sheep. No one's there to, to pray, if we're getting back to human terms. No one's there to pray over me, counsel me, uh, correct me. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there to... Um, to know me and to be part of my life. Um, we should, we have the internet, we have amazing access to teachers. Yes. We should get that. If our pastor isn't the best teacher, you know, that's, you know, your responsibility, number one, to seek out teaching. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's his job to give you sound doctrine Mm -hmm. when he's preaching. But if you have a desire for a star preacher, there's about 10,000 of them on the internet. That's great, isn't it? Um, But for the sake of your (laughs) spiritual growth and being fed pure spiritual milk and being watched over and defended, and guided, you need somebody that you actually speak to on a semi-regular basis. And not just uh, your spiritual growth, but who you actually are in the body of Christ. Because what you're doing is you're extracting yourself out of your essential part of the body of Christ. By the way, I'm not putting anything down on the, the great preacher who may not, right. you know, because well, they're crucial. great, they're that's great crucial. preachers, right? <laughs> you know, how will they hear unless they have somebody speaking, right? So I get that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that anointing that they have, that ability is so wonderful. Um, it's just that they're not your pastor. Yep. That's not on them. That's on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. All right. Like you said, you can, you should bring in things from other people and other, and hear what God's revealing to people, you know, and, and you should discern those things. You should just, you know, swallow them lock, stock and barrel. I think right. that's a disaster, right. but you should weigh it against the uh, word of God, but they're not your pastor. Right. Right. Well, let me throw this question back to pastor David. Then how do you, how does someone identify a true fivefold hmm. pastor? Um, I just think about this adage. I've heard that shepherds smell like the sheep. Mm. because they're with the sheep (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're not like pastor Bob said, they're not divorced from the herd. They're not out doing their own thing. Um, a real pastor is I believe way more focused on the individuals of the flock and the flock itself than even where the flock is going or what's the ultimate point or how many other flocks can we create? 
or like their, their vision isn't, you know, the apostolic vision mm-hmm. or the evangelistic vision necessarily, mm-hmm. although they need to cultivate that and mm-hmm. pour into it, mm-hmm. bring that out of the people, but they are living life with the people yeah. and the, yeah. the reward of a fivefold pastor mm-hmm. is seeing the growth in the people, seeing the healing. Pastor Bob mentioned the wholeness of the people. That's what is amazing. So if somebody is this great evangelist or apostle, they might see great works get started. They might see a ton of people get saved. That's their reward. Um, but then they might move on, you know, say it's an apostle, they, they move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in their, in their initial planting of the church, their initial act, Joe Blow got saved. The pastor that walks with Joe Blow gets to see him mature into the fullness yeah. of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what that pastor does. So they don't, a, a good pastor to succeed. Another thing to succeed as a pastor, realizing that, that you're a pastor and that's your role. Your success <laughs> isn't measured by numbers. Mm-hmm. your success is measured by depth and by love mm-hmm. that you give people. Mm-hmm. I was asking God when I felt called to be a pastor, um, how do I need to change? How do I need to grow? And he said, a real pastor has a heart that loves and that listens, mm-hmm. not just lectures. So it's the three L's. I always like the alliteration. <laughs> That's I, a good one. I tend to be, I tend <laughs> to be a teacher. That's, <laughs> my teacher is my number, my first one that I, yeah. you know, that I stepped into. But as a pastor, you're way more there to live life with people to be there for them, to love them, to suffer with them, to spend time with them. It's kind of thankless. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's not outwardly the most glorious thing if you've embraced shepherding. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's my stab at that. Yeah. So. I really, yeah. Uh, we keep coming back to, you know, the shepherding, the shepherding thing, which is such a picture of like a true pastor. Cause a true mm-hmm. pastor, it's not a job. Yeah. Although it may be their occupation. And it's not a title or position. It actually is who they are. Like mm-hmm. We talk about with all the fivefold. Mm-hmm. They're people who carry gifts, but the mm-hmm. fivefold people, they are the gift. Mm-hmm. And we see that really exemplified in the pastor that they, their entire life really is for the people, right. which is pretty astounding. Um, as you're talking, I just was like rem- remembering this with uh, my mom who takes care of sheep, right? And so oh, yeah. she had, it's like this picture because she had this sheep that was actually rejected by its mother and would, would have died. And so she like adopted this little, this little sheep and like cared for it, brought it into her house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like raised it um, so that no it could thanks. live on its own. No thing. It was a thankless job. Yeah, it was a thankless <laughs> job. Yeah. But she's done it with other, other ones who, you know, like, and like slept out in the, uh, yard with them when they're getting ready to have a have babies. You know what I mean? Like just talk about like being wow. in the in the dirt with them. Yeah, you know it's they're bringing new life. You know it's mm-hmm. like that's but that really is like when you're talking about a true shepherd, a true pastor. They're so willing to <clears throat> be in the middle to walk with people through difficult things. And I think like one of the hallmarks that I've seen like with our pastors especially, they're willing to like to go after the one. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're yeah, will and yeah. go again and again. And I'm like, really? Like, yeah. this is like the 50th time that sheep has gone over the cliff. And they're like, I'm going again. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I will not accept that they, you know, aren't, aren't part of the flock they're supposed to be part of. I'm not, I'm not willing to settle for them just being lost. Yeah. And that is like, I just, I'm amazed by that. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm amazed by that heart that just, and like I said, even to the detriment of themselves, sometimes their own emotional, you know, it's not like emotionally um, comfortable or mm-hmm. enjoyable necessarily all the time, yeah. but being willing to go well, again I think the and Lord again. expects Absolutely. a shepherd to pour out their life. Yeah. 
That's the deal. Because that anointing that's on a pastor mm. um, is designed to flow out from them, right? Mm. It's not just to be them. It's not like they're, like I said earlier, they're not just an idol that you put on a shelf and go, wow, that's a great, he shines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're actually designed to anoint the rest of the body of Christ. Another thing, um, it seems to me that as a pastor, uh, one of my greatest rewards and joy is actually seeing one of the people that you're responsible for flourishing. Like when they do well and, you know, things are going, and I don't mean just spiritually, although that's, you know, obviously a top priority, but just in life, you know, when they're doing well or when they've overcome something that maybe, you know, uh, you're aware of, you may have not even had, you know, that much input into that thing, or maybe you did, right. Mm -hmm. Depending on where you're at, but, um, well, all of a sudden you see them flourishing, you -hmm. see them like overcoming and they're, they're they're, they're walking with God, you know, and they have, you know, they have a new vigor and they're just, just, they're on it. They're on fire with him. And, or, or they're, they're also, or they're, um, persevering. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're, it's one step in front of another. That's like, to me is like, that's, that actually strengthens, I believe a pastor's, uh, faith also. You're like, oh, all right. That's how they're, they're doing it. Right. They right. keep going. They don't just stop. Right. Yeah. Because I think that's, you know, that's yeah. where people fail. Yeah. You're there with people and every important thing in their life, like at birth, at their wedding, mm-hmm. um, when they're suffering, when they're in the hospital, um, when they're in their house, you know, just languishing, mm-hmm. you're there when they die. Um, you see them across the finish line. That's a huge reward. Mm-hmm. Um, one church I was at, there were more elderly people and, you know, I was with a lot of people that they're on their deathbed and they're, they were passing away. And that's a huge reward that people don't talk about a lot is to see someone finish the race. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Go, oh, okay, good. At least we got one, you know, <laughs> like somebody, <laughs> somebody finished. It's not good that they suffered, but it's good right. that they went back to the great shepherd. And I think you have to ask yourself if you feel called to be a pastor, you want to be a pastor, do you actually want to sit with people in all those circumstances? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the person they call when they go to the hospital or when they're afraid or, you know, when someone, when their husband leaves them or, you know, that would be a woman pastor, right? Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, do you want to be the, the one that um, you probably shouldn't be comforting the opposite right. or for giving some uh, discretion notes, you know? Um, but like, do you really want to walk with people through all those things? Because you're going to take on their frustrations and they're like, those things are going to hit you. Emotions are contagious, you know, like suffering is mm-hmm. contagious. You have to know your shepherd. You mm-hmm. have to know people that walk with you. You have to know Jesus himself. Or else yeah. you won't be able to lay down your life for the sheep. You won't be able to keep going after that person. Um, so it's it's a definitely something you have to be called to do. You shouldn't yeah. just do it because you think it's a good idea. <laughs> you should really, right. I think yeah, true really shepherds call. also, pastors, um, one thing, if you actually get to know, him, know them and talk to them, you find out that they carry that uh, burden of the house of God with them. It doesn't just yeah. leave, you know, a lot of people look at a pastor and go, oh yeah, they work for an hour on Sunday. Right. It's like, yeah, it's, right. when people say that to me, you only work one hour a week. Right. Yeah, it's a great one, job. You should it's have a great job. Yeah. One day a week. But, <laughs> you know, they don't know, uh, you know, the waking up in the middle of the night with somebody on your heart or someone's lost somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you uh, carry that with them. You, yeah. Obviously, you're emotionally, uh, you're not going to maybe get 
everything that that person, because they are suffering such a tremendous loss. But I believe a true pastor, you know, who shepherds well like that, they are right in it. Mm -hmm. Like they, that's the thing you have to be willing to step into that, into the, um, the hurt, the failures and the successes, Yeah, like all, all of them. Yeah. And you have to be willing to embrace all of them and carry them with you and just, and, and move on and then learn how to, roll them onto God because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's capable of handling all that. Right. It's just, it's not, I mean, especially a pastor, if you have a church and I actually believe that a pastor, um, doesn't successfully, uh, shepherd more than about a hundred people that mm-hmm. I would think that's about the limit. And that's they have to people. have people under, under shepherds, if you will, they have to have people who are strong in God and, and are, are, are in it with them. You know, yeah. they're putting their hand to it and they're, they're working, uh, with you. Uh, but I think after about, and, and, you know, you have churches, our church, a few hundred people, uh, you know, we have several pastors. And Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it takes that it Mm -hmm. does. It's you're. I don't think it's successful to try to, to think you can actually, uh, really, uh, shepherd or minister to that many people successfully. It's just, I mean, you can speak to, you know, on a Sunday or something, you know, or teach, but the, the bring being in it with them, Mm-hmm. That's a whole different, it mm-hmm. takes time. And right. I think that's where su- successful shepherds actually exist is they actually spend time with the people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, if we're talking about the, the reason for the fivefold ministry is to bring people to maturity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really can only mature people if you are acquainted with their walk. Right on a on a somewhat deep level of knowing who they are, where they're going, what they're called to, and then actually helping them grow intentionally through that process. And that's mm-hmm. not something you can do for you know five thousand people, no, right? I mean, that's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great thing about right. the body of Christ and elders and and all of you that. You can preach to five thousand people, right? You can affect them. Mm-hmm. You can get them to. Uh, sometimes spontaneously respond, Mm -hmm. you just can't finish walking it out. Yeah, right. And Jesus knew that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about the fivefold ministry and pastors being one of the five, and we've talked about that there's not like necessarily a hierarchy. It's not like you work your way up from teacher, you know, evangelist to teacher to pastor. (laughs) You know, it's like there's God appoints people. Yeah. Um, how does the fivefold ministry, let me ask it this way. Like how does the pastoral role bring balance to the rest of the fivefold ministry? How do they interact? Hmm. Well, a pastor is going to care about every person as a human being, no matter what their giftings, Hmm. no matter how much they're capable of where, you know, it could be tempting to view people as, Oh, they've arrived. They're a great, um, teacher, they're, you know, a famous person. They're like someone who's an apostle, by the way, still needs pastors and a pastor will still relate to them as a human being, as a sheep and Mm. be there for them. And, um, it's so critical that they have pastors in their life and anyone that's, that's in ministry going full bore, they need someone to take care of them as well. Mm. So, um, people that are in these offices, they're serving the body of Christ with everything that they have. They can, they can deplete they can uh, they can run dry, right. and they need to be sharing that with pastors. They mm-hmm. need to be sharing that with somebody that says, "I'm so glad you shared that with me." Yeah, I've been through that. Here's what what the Word of God says. Let's let's pray. Let's meet again next week. 
do you want to go to eat breakfast or lunch? Right. So it's like, that's probably the number one thing of a pastor is they eat, they eat meals with people. Um, that's why I like being a pastor. That's, what, um, that's where that's Je- Jesus rewards. did all his work that's around meals. That's one of the meals. bigger <laughs> of being a pastor, if we're just being honest on this podcast. Um, yeah, so I think that's one way is just caring about people and pouring into them no matter their title. I think that's really. I think that's a really good identifier and um, strength of a pastor is that they – no matter how gifted a person, no matter how successful, maybe in ministry, they're going to see you as an individual, as a human being that's whose soul needs to be cared for and shepherded. Yeah. I think that's a really right. Well, I think point. you also, you were asking about how, you know, the pastor affects the rest of the fivefold. Yeah. Well, I believe just the entire fivefold ministry, um, every single one of them, you go down the line, a teacher needs a teacher. Mm-hmm. An apostle needs an apostle too. They're not the end all to it. Like, right. you know, a pastor needs pastoring. They, mm-hmm. They're in the church also. They didn't, like you say, graduate out of that position. They yeah. can be that, but they really, there's components of that that they need. They need shepherding. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, evangelists, they need an, another evangelist to inspire them and to guide them. And to, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. all of these uh, prophets, they need other prophets to speak into their life. Mm-hmm. All right. And so it, the, it, to, to think that, a you know, uh, a pastor doesn't have, uh, influence on all the other four mm-hmm. gifts is, you know, it's kind of weird because they have to, they're going to pastor them. They, they, it doesn't mean like they're over them necessarily in the structure of the church, the way mm-hmm. the church may operate, mm-hmm. they may have the last say in things, you know, mm-hmm. things that are uh, structurally in the church mm-hmm. or how we're going to teach, what we're going to teach, you know, what where we're going, this, uh, you know, are we buying things or are we not? You know, they, they have yeah. that, um, uh, they're, they're equipped to do that. That's a, the other side of pastoring. They have that ability to function in those areas. But, um, yeah, so they're not just uh, uh, spiritual heads, right? Obviously, like that. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to see that they're a whole person. That they have all these other things that they are probably very good at, yeah. and they have to speak into the rest of the body and the rest right. of the fivefold. One right. other thing, I think the way the way that the pastor helps everyone, but especially the fivefold, is that pastors love gathering people and providing for people, mm-hmm. and so a pastor is going to make sure that meetings happen. The barbecues yeah. happen. <laughs> exactly. uh, they're going to make sure that there's childcare. They're going to take care of the families uh-huh. of the people that are doing ministry. Uh, that's a huge, a huge thing that hasn't been talked about yet is that the pastor's family bears a burden as well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so they need pastoring. Like they need mm-hmm. other people shepherding them, caring for them, uh, noticing them, not judging them and putting them on a pedestal, but caring about them as individuals and as people yeah. that are precious to God. Um, but some of these other callings, I think about the evangelist in particular, mm-hmm. um, as an evangelist, it's more like, Hey, let's get out there and, you know, get people saved. We don't need to right. go to church, but you actually do need to go to church. <laughs> so, um, you, know, you actually do need someone to gather you and make sure you're plugged in and make sure right. that you feel supported. And it's so important to, again, the long-term success of all these other ministries that they have a pastor who's gathering them and providing things for them and giving yeah. them resources. Yeah, and it's also equally so. This is the, we're talking about the fivefold as a really as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that there's like a give and take. So like mm-hmm. the evangelist needs to be reminded, like it's important to gather together. It's important <laughs> right. to be 
to be focused on the people that have already been (laughs) (laughs) saved and equipping them. But there's also a give and take where the pastor can be reminded like, Hey, there is a world out there that needs the gospel, right? Just the same way as a prophet is like, yes, it's good to be focused on the people, but what is God's intention the apostles like what's the what's the big picture here what are we building what are we Mm -hmm. you know let's not get caught up with the detail of Susie's life let's move things forward (laughs) you know what i mean so there is this like great give and take that is supposed to happen with the fivefold ministry that brings a lot of strength and actually um brings a a a completion a perfection maybe like we could say to the to the body of christ yeah bring that bring that (laughs) a nice little bow let's wrap that one I wonder where that came from. <laughs> I wonder where that came from, yeah. Um, well, I guess maybe just as we're wrapping up here, I just want to... Um, do we have to wrap up? We do. We uh, don't. Do you want to keep going? Oh, yeah. We can keep going. You like pastors or something? You want to talk more about Sorry. pastors? Yeah. <laughs> we can do another podcast someday. Or no. Okay. Okay. So we decided what we're doing now. We did? We did. <laughs> I decided what we're doing now. Pastor Bob, do you have something on your mind or your heart that you want to share with our listeners? Well, yeah, uh, maybe. I thought it's you did. very possible. Yes. So um, it's interesting to me, and it's something I actually don't believe that the Bible teaches it specifically, and I think <laughs> that everybody practices it, okay. like most churches practice it. Mm. And that's this like little weird pet peeve I have. Mm. So maybe they want to cut this out of this thing. We'll I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. try. We may, right? Let's we hear will. It. <laughs> but the deal is this. I don't believe in senior pastor, assistant pastor, pastor of the kids, pastor of the parking lot, pastor of the halls, <laughs> pastor of the roof. Pastor of the pastors. I, now, I believe those are all specific functions that pastors do and some in churches like our church, people are assigned pastors are assigned to do those functions. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that a pastor should look at themselves like I'm the children's pastor or how about I'm the worship pastor. I actually believe, and this Mm -hmm. is why you may want to cut this out Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that anyone who's called to be a pastor is a pastor. Mm. They aren't a pastor of, or, you know, there's no modifier. They, their function might help modify or uh, help them in their focus in the church Mm -hmm. or their, how they operate in the church Mm -hmm. mostly. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a real problem when an executive pastor, for example, or a financial pastor Mm -hmm. or a Youth uh, youth pastor, um, doesn't uh, ha- uh, understand and know the anointing that's on their life to be a pastor to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Because when they approach you, you're that gift. We've been talking about this is who you are. And when if you don't look at yourself that way as a pastor, you will relegate yourself to one sliver, which, by the way, is not all bad when you're functioning, when right. you know you have a function to you know you should do that thing right you should do it really well and good, yeah. but I I believe we do a disservice to the church 
when they have uh, it's like a pastor of a lesser god <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's a lower a lower pastor it's a lo- it's a small p pastor mm-hmm. right it's you know what i'm saying right. no they're pa- either they're a pastor and so this is my own personal mm-hmm. like thing um it may not be acceptable for most people and most pastors for that <laughs> matter but if you're not going to if they're not a full-fledged pastor don't call them a pastor just call them a shepherd and call them whatever you want to call and call him Fred. Deacon. I don't care. Deacon, whatever you want. Um, elder, you know, the, but if they're, if you're actually assigning the pastor thing, which is part of the fivefold, which is specifically pointed out with its anointing, with its right. capabilities, with its assignment. And then you relegate that pastor to, you don't operate here ever. Right. Mm. Then I think either you've put a pastor in position prematurely mm. Or you're holding them down to something that, you know, now you've created this hierarchy rather than the body of Christ. <laughs> so that's my pet peeve. Well, like, let me say, let now, me say one thing on that because I totally agree. But oh, if somebody no. actually is a pastor, it won't work. If you if you try to relegate them to, nope, just the kids, nope, right. just the worship, it won't work. They'll still shepherd everybody they come into contact with. Absolutely. Even at the gym. And they, <laughs> and they should. Yeah. Now, I understand having those titles help people, other people understand, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, that's our senior pastor. So mm-hmm. he's the guy that's calling the shots or she's the woman that's calling the shots about like how the church operates, you know, those kinds of things. The right. buck stops with them, with mm-hmm. the, which is great. That's their function in the church. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But to say they are that and then you uh, as a pastor, Pastor David, you're a lesser pastor of some type because you're relegated to the youth pastors or to the, you know, teaching, yeah. you know, pastoring. You, yeah, I, that, yeah. I'm so are we going to keep this in here or is this going to like well, scramble let's, the let's brains of further. everybody? Let's go a little further. Right. So I just, I'm um, helping to, I'm processing this. And so maybe to bring some clarity here, you're talking about the who a pastor is at all times, right? They are a pastor all or the they're time. not a pastor. Like that's just yeah. you are or you aren't when we're talking about the specific person of being a pastor. Yes. But you may have different um places of jurisdiction. Roles. Yes. Even maybe, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah, exactly. you may be completely a pastor, one hundred percent a pastor, pastor's heart, it's who you are, you live, bleed pastoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you may have a jurisdiction over yes. the youth or something like that. Yes. To be able to make decisions, to be able to have Absolutely. you know that kind of thing. Similar to you're a pastor wherever you go, but you're not going to go into someone else's church and start making decisions and, and, and counseling people, people yeah. and right. So there's, right. that doesn't mean that you're not a full pastor. It just means you understand the place where you've been given yes. jurisdiction. So you're, it's, it's where your anointing, which I believe is authority mm-hmm. resides. Mm-hmm. And so you're, the church determines a uh, scope yeah. of authority, if you will, scope of jurisdiction. It yeah. has to, because then it think, then the church will uh, operate decently and in order, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, but I think, like I said, if you if you start looking, and I think it's something that people have done. This is part of the whole idol worship thing. People are like, "Oh, that's the super pastor," you know, right. <laughs> you know, just like they, you know, Paul, you know, when we talked about apostles, you know, they have the super apostles. Right, you know, right. It's like it's a problem, mm-hmm. right? It's a problem. That's you know, because it, it's turning the church into a grab for authority and position and place. And Paul, 
He's really against that. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he calls out people. And, you know, I think there are people who operate like that or use the terms and they don't, it's not on their heart to be that way. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that straight mm-hmm. up. But Paul was actually dealing with people who wanted to have that power, wanted to be in that place. Might, right. might I just say it like this? They were trying to act like Satan. Oh, well, Did I just, just say that? Let's just bring it there. Let's bring it right there now, <laughs> right? They, they, it's like, you know, hey, I'm a covering cherub. I've got the highest spot I here. I job. can do that job. Right? And God, better God, than God, yeah. What's that? Better than someone else. Better than someone else. It's like, and God's like, you're not God. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's so simple. Just like in the church. So I believe there are senior pastors, and they have scopes of authority and jurisdiction, all the things we talked about, and an anointing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for their position in the church, how they're operating. Mm-hmm. And it helps, like I said, it helps people identify things too. Mm-hmm. When you come to a church, you know, you're not going to ask all the pastors necessarily every single thing like, Hey, right. we, you know, I'd like you, Hey, can you buy this new you know, roof for your church? You know, when you, you're asking the guy who's taking care of mostly the children, it that's right. outside of his scope. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's still a pastor by the way. Mm-hmm. All right. So he yeah. should have, he should understand in his heart, and be portrayed to the church with full authority of a pastor. Mm. Maybe not a place of jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Mm. What yeah. I also hear you saying is just because somebody is in charge of something in a church doesn't mean they're a pastor. So yeah. there's not like a maintenance pastor. It doesn't have to be. Oh, it could be. If you're, an <laughs> if you're an accountant, you don't have to be the accounting pastor. You right. could be the church accountant. Right. You don't have to be the treasury pastor. Right. You could be. So that's, right. You're, you're that's a pastor that does the accounting. Right. Um, yeah, and also it's a great <laughs> yeah. way of testing people's character because, I mean, there was a long time where I thought I was called to be a pastor, but I wasn't called a pastor. I wasn't given that title. And that was a, a process I had to go through because I was called everything except pastor. It's called, like, intern, teaching intern, um, leader. Like, there was, like, of that department. And what I really wanted was to be called pastor. And so that had to die in me. And then I was recognized as a pastor. And it was like, I, yeah. I didn't even care at that point because I was just going to shepherd people. And so that's what can't be limited is that call of God that's been tested and the person's accepted it and they don't need credit. Yes. And then in that point, if somebody's at that point, why not validate them? Why not let people know that they can go to that person and that that person's there to lay their life down for them? That was just a couple of thoughts in response to what you're saying. Great thoughts. And I think that uh, pastoring has to go so far past title although title is necessary, mm-hmm. it's required because it helps people. It helps right. people identify. Identifying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great thing, right? Yeah. And, the, and these are great people. These are people, the pastors, like the pastors that we know, the pastors in our church and pastor friends I have, these are people that have laid down their life mm-hmm. for God's purposes. Like they are lovers of Jesus. They walk with God. They're lovers of God's people. Like they've given their life to the work of Christ. Yeah. And you know, and and you know what? They should get honor. So mm-hmm. let me just say that too. Yes. If uh, uh, you know our senior pastors, you know here in our church, um, e- even if they didn't have the senior part there, I would give them honor because they've laid down their entire lives mm-hmm. for the church. Yes, and that's a you know like now that's a true pastor. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And do they do everything perfect? Go ask them. They'll tell you, no, don't do everything perfect. Right. Any you know true. Uh, not pretending humble pastor will tell you that. They'll be like, yeah, I don't do it perfect. But guess what? That's still my anointing. 
Mm-hmm. That's still who I am. That's right. And that's what, that's the heart of a pastor is yeah. like, okay, just like a shepherd out in the fields, mm-hmm. just like David, the shepherd out in the fields, you know, when things got bad and it wasn't going to be perfect, he still had to step up and do the thing. Yeah. Right. Or else right. animals coming in and killing the sheep or wolves, like Paul talks about coming in and wrecking the, mm-hmm. the church of God mm-hmm. that you still have to step up and do that position, even if you don't feel really great about yourself. Now that's the heart of a pastor because mm-hmm. it's really that kind of lion heart thing where you go right. past how you personally feel mm-hmm. and you step into the anointing that God's put in your life and you begin to operate in that anointing regardless. And that title is not necessary at that time. You know what? A wolf coming in to kill the uh, sheep does not respect the title. Out there with David and the, you know, with the lion and the bear, didn't respect the fact that he was a shepherd. <laughs> he, he had to basically step up and take care of business right. because he knew who he was in the church, in the flock. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> if that's your heart and you're called to any of these offices and that hasn't been recognized, lay your life down for people every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Step up against the lion, step up against the bear, step up against the wolf. Don't wait until, um, your daddy tells you that you have the job of shepherd, right? Just go shepherd. Yeah. Go do it. Don't need a title to do it. The Bible tells you to, to care for people. The Bible Absolutely. tells you to pray for people. Uh, do it until you're recognized, do it for the approval of Jesus, not the approval of man. Then you'll be a true pastor and you'll be yeah. a true, whatever it is that you're called to be. And I even say, do it even t- if you're not recognized, yeah. it's who you, you are. May you may never be recognized mm-hmm. except by him. Yeah. And that is a, the greatness of a shepherd's heart. Right. It's independent. It's it, it's really separate from all the stuff. Like I said, a true shepherd yeah. has that. You know, I mean, Jesus. He didn't think of himself as. I mean, here he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and yet he's humbling. He's washing feet. He's you know getting in the dirt mm-hmm. with people. He's he smells like them, like mm-hmm. Pastor Dave was saying, like the sheep. Yeah. He's in it completely, and he's suffering in it so he's he's showing it and yet he will be given a name above every name he will be high and lifted up because that's jesus right that's who he is but he's also that good shepherd at the same time and so we can never lose sight of that and that's why um you know the the title those titles are not they're they're important for the function church and all it's great that's great stuff it's not bad it's not Mm -hmm. evil it's not against god right Mm -hmm. But it, it's not what it is. Yeah. It's the heart that's God's looking. And so mm-hmm. if, if you're not willing to bring yourself low, then God's probably not going to use you as a shepherd. Mm. And God forbid you lay off the gas when you get the title. Mm. Yeah, our pastors right. talk about that. They talk about a, someone who came years ago and spoke with us, and I'm probably misquoting it. We'll have to get our pastors in here to quote it. They go, yeah, give somebody a title, they stop working. Right. <laughs> they stop doing their job. <laughs> you know, that's a, it's, a funny, it's a funny saying, but it's actually it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there's so much involved in, in being a pastor and being a true shepherd, but so much of that has to do more with your character and your faithfulness mm-hmm. and your goodness toward God's people mm-hmm. and your willingness to go before God and find him, yeah. and like find him, even, you know, when you're, you may be wrecked in your own soul. I'm speaking to some pastors right now mm-hmm. by Absolutely. the spirit of God, that God wants to touch their lives. 
God wants to pour oil into their lives when they feel they have nothing because so many pastors step back away from, you know, being that shepherd in, and they were good shepherds too. And it's, it, their, their hearts and their souls got wrecked in the process and makes, I'm sorry, it makes me weep over that because they were God's anointed people. Yeah. They are God's anointed people. And if any of them are somehow got to this part of our little message here <laughs> and still listening, God speaking to you, you know, don't take your hand off the plow. Mm-hmm. Keep mm-hmm. going. Find other people who will also be a good shepherd to you yeah. and be encouraged and strengthened in your life so you can walk as God's man or God's woman with the anointing of a true shepherd. Yeah. You mentioned um, character just a minute ago, and I just want to spend maybe a few minutes just talking about there's so much emphasis on gifting um, these days. There's so much emphasis on talent these days and maybe not quite as much emphasis on character. Um, I don't know if we could just talk about this for a few minutes because I believe this is also one of the areas where um, the enemy loves to pressure pastors is not feeling gifted enough, not feeling talented enough. Like they don't quite, you know, they walk into a room and they don't measure up. Maybe there's a lot of comparison. I think that happens between, um, pastors in particular. Um, I don't know if we could just talk about this for a minute. Like how, what is the importance of character, um, related to gifting in the role of a pastor? I just think, I'm thinking about how I would want to be pastored and it would mean so much more to me for someone to say, David, like I was thinking about you yesterday and I spent some time praying for you. I love you. Here's what the Lord showed me. That would mean so much more to me than this person's such an eloquent speaker. They have all these degrees. They're able to talk circles around any atheist, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever skills the person has. Is that person willing to pray for me? Mm -hmm. If you're a prayerless pastor that you're, you're not going to do well and and your people right. are going to f- realize it. Like you're going to see the difference when you pray over your flock. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people pray for you, like I said earlier, it does make a difference and it does uphold you. So the character of being a man or a woman of God who prays for people, uh, that's, that's probably 90% of the battle. You look at Jesus, his life was around prayer. Mm-hmm. Like he was, that was how he lived. That was how he was sustained. It was how he knew how to take care of people. He did what the father showed him to do. That's right. Um, and that was for people. That was mm-hmm. how to bless people. That mm-hmm. was to have works of healing and deliverance and everything else that he brought in addition to teachings. So the character of somebody that cares enough and loves me enough to spend time praying mm-hmm. over my life, that means way more to me than how much they know biblically or whatever other, you know, prophetic powers they might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, and I'm, you know, want to keep going back to the good shepherd, mm-hmm. you know, pastor Jesus. Um, I think his character shines so much past his gift mm-hmm. and his miracles and the signs and wonders, although those were spectacular, right? It yeah. drew people, but the guys and women that went to their death for him, mm-hmm. who knew him personally, they didn't go there just because he was a miracle worker. Right. <laughs> That's so good. Right. They went there because he, he was with them. Mm-hmm. He was in their life with them. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and in their life, he was like, Hey, what you've seen me do, do, you know, when you, you know, when you, when you're seeing me, you're seeing the fault, he's introducing God to 
people. And to me, that's a major character thing that ties completely into the prayer because uh, prayer life, because you're, you know, as a shepherd, you, it, you have to have this communication because you're bringing to the people what God wants them to have. Mm-hmm. You know, you're tending to them, you're feeding them, but you're not tending and feeding out of your own strength. You'll melt down and burn out. Mm-hmm. And you're not tending and, and feeding out of just all your great knowledge, although that might be spectacular and wonderful, because without the anointing, it will mean nothing. They will walk away and go, nice. Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like I, you know, got massaged a little and now they walk away more accountable yes and not helped (laughs) now they know even more about what they're doing wrong yeah yeah (laughs) but but when when you're tapping into a person's character not just their gift then you're tapping into who you know their faith and how they believe and how they walk and and by the way even how they struggle yeah and they don't give up when they struggle they stay and i think that's a major component of you know of a pastor is that stick to itness to be able to even when you struggle, you know, God, I I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know about you, but as a pastor, I pray that a lot, <laughs> you know, because things um, when you really start to look at it, uh, unless you're really haughty, <laughs> you uh, there's a lot of things, most things you don't have control over. You you know you you're responsible for a lot of things, but you don't have control over a lot of things. Really, you might think you do, but you don't. And w- what you have control over is that communications with the Father, and that ability to bring people the pure Word of God and to bring God's heart to them. And most important, talking about character is to live that, yeah, right? Not just tell people about that, but just right. actually live that life. Uh, and like we always say here. At our school, you know, your your gift is going to open doors for you. And it does for lots of people, mm-hmm. especially pastors, you know, especially ones that are really good preachers or have miracles, and signs and wonders. Those things open up doors. But when they enter those doors, only their character will keep them because yeah. that is where pastors fail. Mm-hmm. They do not fail because they're not a good preacher. Yeah. And I, I yeah. love what you say about character and it being God's character. Because one of the best things about the best things we can bring someone is, you know, you're a pastor and people are going to tell you things they might not have ever told anybody else, including their spouse, mm-hmm. about the worst things that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And your response is, I'm sorry, that probably that hurt you. I love you. Here's how we're going to walk forward. Yeah. And yeah. you're not going to abandon them and you're not going to judge them. You're not going to dismiss them. You're going to walk with them in truth and in love. And only God would really treat them that way. You get to show them God. You get to not be offended and not be judgmental when people share things that, you know, might be worthy to be judged, (laughs) but you're in that spirit of a pastor to truly care about people. And if it's, if it's all about the gifts, it's just, whoa, that's horrible. Let's fix you. Here's a, here's a gift that's going to fix you. Here's the word that's going to break it off you. Here's the prayer that's going to heal you. Here's the deliverance that's going to get that demon out. Those are all super important. (laughs) You don't want to be without those. Um, but how much better to show the person you can't drive me away. You can't drive God away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You brought this to the Lord and he's going to walk with you the whole way. Yeah. 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 I think that really speaks to what we actually are in the church, getting back to the church. Mm -hmm. And that's the covenant relationship we have, covenantial relationship we have with each other. And I believe pastors, especially true shepherds, they, like you were saying, they are, they're covenanted with you. So they won't walk away from you. You yeah. might walk away from them. And that's where a lot of 
yeah. pastors' hearts are broken because people that they walk with for many years walk away from them. You know, and sometimes that walk away is not pretty. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's a tearing. Meanwhile, you've poured out your heart. Meanwhile, you've given your life, and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but it's because, like I say, true pastors, I believe they understand the covenant. They're in it, and even when you disappoint them, or you're not faithful to them, they still as a true pastor, are required by God to remain faithful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, what do you think? I have a, <laughs> a couple of challenges I just want to give. First of all is if you um, sense that you are called as a pastor hmm. or being drawn into that, um, just want to challenge you, don't focus on developing your gifts so much as developing your character. Let that be your primary focus and goal and intention is to let the Lord develop a character in you, which is a process mm-hmm. um, and takes wrestling and takes stretching and growing and correcting and you need people to walk that with you. The second challenge I want to give is if you are one of those people who is looking for a church, looking for a place to grow, looking for a place to belong, a family to belong to, don't um, fall into the trap of looking at a pastor and determining whether or not they're a good shepherd by how well they preach how well they entertain or any of the other superficial things that have been put on pastors look at their character look at their life is this a man or woman who's given their life to the lord and given their life to the church because that type of person they will walk with you they will have your best interest in mind they will serve the lord first and foremost and serve you well and you have an opportunity to give and grow with them so let's shake off of the the you know the weird <laughs> things that we put on pastors that they have to be for us and look at what actually the scripture says uh, about that and the third challenge i want to give is if you've already found that home with a man or woman of god who is loving the lord loving people giving their lives i want to challenge you to thank them for that and encourage their hearts and look for ways to um, build them up and spur them on in who they are, who God's called them to be. Let them know you appreciate their efforts and how much they give because they give far beyond what any of us actually ever see because they give out of unseen places places in their hearts and with their quiet times with the Lord also, places he requires of them that no person asks from them. So um, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you so much thank for you, the Lord. gift of pastors. We thank you, Father, that you are... Um, reaching those that are serving, that have been dry, that you're watering them today. Thank you, Lord, that you are setting your church in order, that you are causing us to understand the fullness of the fivefold and the gifts in each man and woman that you've given to us, Lord. So we thank you for this. Thank you for this time. We pray you would just infuse faith in the believers today and the hearers today, God, uh, to be, be able to receive pastors in their life, to be able to receive from pastors in their life, and Mm -hmm. to be able to impart faith into their pastors. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.